12, episode 15. Please proceed with care. This podcast contains a lot of references to sex. Welcome to 12 with Sarah Sloan, a podcast series exploring the 12 different ways a woman is apparently able to orgasm. I've missed you, amazing listeners. I really have. I hope you're okay. It has been six months since I published episode 14 in conversation with H. I figured you might be interested in a little life update from me. H and I have now divorced. No, (laughs) only joking. Now that would be an update. We're still together. A huge achievement, all things considered. Well done to all of us for making it through nearly a year of lockdowns. Whether you are on your own, with partners, families, or perhaps you've made a much-needed change in your life, like separating from a partner. I salute you for hanging on in there. I think we're all doing an amazing job weathering this storm. Since I last recorded, I have had time to reflect on the changes I have made as a result of 12, and this has led me to spend more time exploring the spiritual side of my sexuality. I've connected with an amazing tantric healer, as well as a womb healer, and joined a women's circle. I've started using my yoni egg, although very tentatively. So diving right back in, those of you who follow me on Instagram at 12 for Pleasure may well know that my first lesson from my yoni egg is to slow down. I haven't yet been able to insert the egg into my vagina. Reason being that I'm not taking enough time to prepare my body, to get it adequately excited and ready to receive the egg. My teacher explained to me that you must not force a yoni egg inside of you, but instead gently rest the egg at the entrance to your vagina and allow it to be drawn up inside of you. Yes, people, the vagina pulls the egg in when it's ready. Beautiful. You will recall that this hurry-up mentality of mine has been an ongoing challenge. I still have a way to go, it would seem, but I'm good with that. It's quite a big mindset to rewire. One step at a time. I've also read Pussy, a reclamation, which I would strongly recommend. I like the author Mama Gina's, as she likes to be called, gentle, thoughtful approach to explaining how important a woman's sexuality is how transformative it can be, and how simple steps can make a big difference. Let me explain. For example, I love holding my vulva, either naked in bed or over clothes. You know how boys and sometimes grown men sit around cupping their genitals? Well, now I know why. And I've taken to holding my vulva in private mind before difficult conversations or tasks. It calms me down, it grounds me, brings me into my body somehow. Do you remember when I talked about the vaginal pulse? How women reported feeling a sensation in their vagina when their partner did something they found attractive, sexual or otherwise? I've been, wait for it, paying more attention to the messages my vagina is sending me. It sounds slightly crazy, I know, but I've been tapping into what I can only describe as an instinct but different somehow. My vulva is pretty prescriptive and opinionated, like a wise elder. I wonder if any of this will come as a surprise to you, dear listener, and whether it resonates at all. To put it all into context, I wanted to share with you some extracts from my new course, 12 The Experience, 
a 12-week online course for 12 women. Sorry everyone else, non-gender-specific courses are on the horizon. It celebrates, shares, discovers and connects us to the magnificence of our sexuality. I'll be there every step of the way in a weekly Zoom call to hold space and learn alongside the group. This extract comes from the welcome film for those taking part. The inaugural course starts on Tuesday the 16th of February. Sign-ups close midnight on Valentine's Day. Podcast listeners get a reduced rate. Details in the show notes along with a link. Have a listen to how 12 has changed me. Reconnecting to my sexuality has helped me in many, many ways. Before I started dedicating time to and understanding this subject and all of its complexities and making changes accordingly, I was struggling. And it's so often the case, no one would have known apart from those closest to me. I lived in a perpetual state of fear. Fear was where I got my energy from. When I woke up in the mornings, I would lie in bed, listing all the things I had to do or worry about as a way to motivate myself and get moving. I got great results, but my mental and physical health suffered. It became a little more obvious something had to change once I married H. Named H for the podcast 12 to keep him anonymous. I would fly into uncontrollable rages, often sparked off by really difficult situations, but they would leave plates smashed in the kitchen, doors slammed and vicious words spoken. Once our honeymoon period wore off, yeah, that is a real thing, in the first year to 18 months, being in love has the same chemical effect on the brain as cocaine. After this period, our sex life was a real reflection of the battleground in the rest of our lives. I would get frustrated, even angry, if H didn't do what I needed, expecting him to know, and in doing so created an awful atmosphere around this life force activity that I had loved so much. Then we had kids and well, sex took a back seat. Like many women, my pelvic floor got damaged during childbirth and I also had an episiotomy, which I have since learnt meant that a whole zone for giving me pleasure was severed. And all this time, I had this niggling feeling that I'd barely begun to feel the kind of pleasure my body was capable of. It's not a tragic story, but nor is it one that makes any sense. I had such a lot to be grateful and joyful about, and yet I was completely at odds with myself. And now? Well, I spent time analysing the narratives that were barriers to my self-expression and pleasure. This focused me on compassion, expanded my self-knowledge and boosted my confidence and self-esteem. There's a spring in my step that wasn't there before. I've spent time getting to know my anatomy, adopting the word vulva and understanding more about what happens in my body when I experience pleasure. Then I've mapped that to my own sexual experiences to note the impacts firsthand, studying the change in my mood and behaviour after self-pleasure and sex. I now take ownership of my sexual pleasure, no longer looking to H to have all the answers. I've explored more forms of self-pleasure 
and as a result found a deeper connection to my body, moving away from using stress as the engine for my life. I've reconnected to my vulva, seeing it now as a source of wisdom, support and intuition. I have worshipped and honoured it. And in doing so, I have unlocked a side of me that I really like. A softer me, a woman who looks for beauty and wants to invest in it. A version of me who is willing and able to surrender as well as receive. And what about my relationship with H? It is still evolving and I trust that it always will. 12 has helped us to open up, face our fears together rather than pitting them off against one another. And we try really hard to communicate from a place of love rather than suffering. It's not paradise yet, but it is like another world compared to the one we used to inhibit. We now feel comfortable talking about our sex life like we would any aspect of our lives, the well-being of our children, our finances. The last time we spoke about it, I said to H, that sex to me felt like swimming in the warm waters of the Caribbean. I thought his response was so beautiful, I wanted to share it here. He said that sex to him felt like going into outer space, thrilling, but full of endless possibilities and the unknown. This spoke volumes to me. And my sex life? Unsurprisingly, it reflects our relationship it's much more fun and relaxed. I experience way more pleasure. It sometimes feels like every part of my body is orgasmic. And I have definitely broadened my horizons, unlocking new ways to reach climax. But thankfully, there is much more fun to be had and pleasure to discover. Thanks for listening. <laughs>